Genesis chapter 30, verse 1. And when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister, and she said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. 2. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead, who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? 3. And she said, Behold, my handmaid Billa, go in unto her, that she may bear upon my knees, and I also may be builded up through her. 4. And she gave him Billa her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went in unto her. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit, because what we're going to see in these coming chapters is basically mostly in this chapter, is that the greed of Laban has caused his daughters to suffer. And economy was based on children, and children work for their father, and then it makes their father more wealthy. So having the more children you had, the more wealth you had back in this economy. So having children was really valuable. And Laban, first he lets Jacob work for him for 21 years in order to pay the dowry for the two wives that Jacob got from Laban, Laban's two daughters. But this is totally backwards, because it's the father who's supposed to pay the dowry, not the bridegroom. Because the dowry is insurance, that if the bridegroom ever divorces the wife, that then that money has to go back to the wife and back to the family. But in this case, Laban is so greedy that he's basically made Jacob pay the dowry by working for him for 21 years. And that's a huge dowry. Now, the other thing Laban did was he lied to Jacob to trick Jacob into marrying both of his daughters instead of just one. And this is because Laban wanted to keep all the money in his own nuclear family to himself. He never wanted his daughters to leave him. He wanted their children to be his children and their husband to be his son forever. So you'll see that Laban does everything he can to prevent Jacob from leaving and going back home to Canaan. Laban is motivated by money, and his motivation is going to cause both of his daughters to suffer a lot. It should have been that Jacob should have married the daughter he loved, which was Rachel. But Laban tricked Jacob into marrying both of them, and now they're both going to be contending with each other for Jacob's love and it's just really sad. Now, God gave Leah children because God saw that Leah was not the favored wife and her heart was broken because her husband wasn't really in love with her. So God gave her children to show her that God is in love with her. You know, when, when you've lost in one area of life, God will come and comfort you by blessing you in another area. So it just shows the love of God. He cares about Leah and he's comforting her with children. And it's God who kept Rachel from having children. Because by Leah having all the, the first four born, it's just an affirmation from the Lord that Leah is loved by the Lord. Because Leah really needed that affirmation. She wasn't getting it from her husband. Now, Rachel is heartbroken because she doesn't have children. And children are so valuable. And they give her purpose. You know, a wife without children feels so purposeless. And so she's telling Jacob to take her handmaiden as a proxy wife and have basically like a proxy child that that child will actually belong to Rachel. So that's why they're doing this. Five. And Billa conceived and bore Jacob a son. Six. And Rachel said, God hath judged me and hath also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan, which means I guess God has judged. 
So now she's saying that God has judged in her favor and had mercy on her, which is true. 7. And Billah, Rachel's handmaid, conceived again and bore Jacob his second son. And Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister and have prevailed, and she called his name Nephtali. So now Rachel has two sons by proxy through her handmaid. 9. When Leah saw that she had left off bearing, she took Zilpah, her handmaid, and gave her to Jacob to wife. So now Leah has decided to do the same thing because Leah has four sons and she sees that Rachel's handmaid has already had two and she doesn't want Rachel to beat her in the race to have the most children. So now Leah is giving her handmaid to Jacob. 10. And Zilpah, Leah's handmaid, bore Jacob a son. 11. And Leah said, Fortune is come, and she called his name Gad, so Gad must mean fortune. 12. And Zipla, Leah's handmaid, bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will be called happy, and she called his name Asher, so Asher means happy. Now all of these children, both the ones from the handmaids and the ones from Leah, are all patriarchs of the twelve tribes of Israel because later on Jacob's name will get changed to Israel. So all the names of these children that you're hearing are the patriarchs of those tribes. 14. And Reuben, who is the oldest son of Leah. Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. I think mandrakes translates to persimmons in our in English. Not totally sure, but it is a fruit that we know of and I think it's persimmons. And in some translations of the Bible, they call it love apples. So apparently, back then, they thought that this particular fruit caused fertility. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. So the oldest son of Leah found mandrakes, and now Rachel is saying, I need those mandrakes, because she wants to be fertile. She wants to have her own kids. 15. And she said unto her, so, so this is Leah saying unto Rachel, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken away my husband, and wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? So Leah is going, Jacob still doesn't really love me. My heart is still broken, and now you want my son's mandrakes. And remember, Jacob lives in Rachel's tent, not Leah's. He only goes to Leah's tent so that she can have children, but he's not in love with her. And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. Rachel thinks this is a worthy bargain. For one night with Jacob, meaning that Leah will conceive again and have another son of her own, she'll have her fifth son. Rachel wants to have at least a first son. So Rachel is saying, Give me this fruit that will aid my fertility so that I can have a son, and I'll let you have Jacob for one night so that you can have your fifth son. That's how important having a son is to Rachel. 16. And Jacob came from the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him, and said, Thou must come in unto me, for I have surely hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And literally it's true. Can you imagine paying for your own husband to sleep with you? But that's how bad it was for Leah. Now Jacob didn't did not disrespect Leah. He respected her fully as his wife. In fact, he gives her a better burial than the burial that he gave Rachel because Leah was the first wife, so she gets the better burial. And you'll see that later. But because he's not in love with her, she actually had to hire him for the night. 17. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. 18. And Leah said, God hath given me hire, because I gave my handmaid to my husband, and she called his name Issachar. So Issachar means for hire. Now later on at the end of Genesis, 
Jacob will bless his children, and all of these blessings, the meanings of their name, will become their blessing. So the tribe of Issachar is a tribe. If you come from that tribe, you always have employment. That's the blessing. So you will never be out of a job. Pretty awesome, huh? 19. And Leah conceived again, and she bore a sixth son to Jacob. 20. And Leah said, God hath endowed me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. So Zebulun means dwelling. And later on, at the end of Genesis, Jacob will call Zebulun the place of dwelling by the waters. And the tribe of Zebulun will dwell by the waters. They'll have seashore towns. All of these names are true. That's why names are so important. It matters what you name your children. So don't name them Damien. It means demon. 21. And afterwards she bore a daughter and called her name Dinah. So now Leah has had six boys and now she has a girl. 22. And God remembered Rachel and God hearkened her and opened her womb. 23. And she conceived and bore a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. 24. And she called his name Joseph, saying, The Lord added to me another son. So Joseph means increase. And you will see that Joseph later on gets great increase because he becomes basically a prince in Egypt. His life has a great increase. Pretty awesome. He, he lives like a king in Egypt. So now Rachel finally has a son out of her own body. So now Rachel finally feels affirmed and vindicated. See how much trauma these women went through and it's all because their dad was greedy and selfish. All of this was needless. 25. And it came to pass when Rachel had borne Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away that I may go unto thine own place and to my country. So at this point, Jacob has had 11 boys and one girl. The girl will not be a patriarch, but they still love her very, very much. All of her brothers love her, and you'll find out more about that later. And now Jacob is asking, now finally let me leave. And this is after 20 years of service. But Laban, being greedy, doesn't want them to leave because all of those sons are profit to Laban because he considers all of them his workers. His money will decrease when they leave. 26. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go, for thou knowest my service wherewith I have served thee. So Jacob is saying, I've been here long enough. You've made enough money off of my family. Let me go. 27. And Laban said unto him, If now I have found favor in thine eyes, I have observed the signs, and the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. 28. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. So now Laban is getting ready to trick Jacob again. And he says, okay, well, since you served me all these years, you deserve money when you go. So tell me, what do you want to get paid? Now, I want to remind you of Lot. Lot was greedy, and he took the best land instead of giving his uncle Abraham the best land, which is what he should have done. Abraham being his, his better, his uncle, he should have deferred to Abraham and said, no, you pick where you want to go, and then I'll go the other way. But Lot selfishly picked the greenest pasture, and he wanted to live in a city where life is easy, and he wanted to live by the seashore, the Red Sea. So he picked that area and left Abraham out in the desert, basically, to dig wells. He left Abraham where Abraham would have to dig his own wells to get water. 
And in the end, Lot was left with absolutely nothing, because by the time the two angels made it to Sodom, all Lot had was his nuclear family and his two sons-in-law. He didn't have herds and cattle anymore. There's no mention of Lot's herds and cattle. He became a city dweller, living like you and I. And I don't know what happened to his property, but it, it must have gone up in smoke. He had virtually nothing except his own house. Then, by the time he left Sodom with the angels holding his hands, his wife was gone and his two sons-in-law were gone because they didn't have the faith to allow the Lord to save them from disaster. So by the time he actually left Sodom, all he had was two daughters and that was it. He ended up with no legacy after being greedy. Now you're going to see the same thing is going to happen with Laban. He won't lose everything, but he will lose a lot because of his greed. 29. And he, Jacob, said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle have fared with me. Meaning the cattle have actually prospered and increased under Jacob's work. 30. For it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it has increased abundantly. And the Lord hath blessed thee whithersoever I turned. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? So Jacob is pointing out that Laban only had a little bit of cattle when Jacob came, and now he has a lot of cattle. 31. And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me aught, for thou wilt do this thing for me. I will again feed thy flock and keep it. 32. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence every speckled and spotted one, and every dark one among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So Jacob is saying, You don't have to give me anything now. Let me take all the spotted and speckled out of the flock, and that will be the ones that are for me, and you can keep the nice white-looking sheep, the better sheep. There aren't that many spotted and speckled, and so Laban thinks that this is a good deal. 33. So shall my righteousness witness against me hereafter, when thou shalt come to look over my hire that is before thee. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats, and dark among the sheep, that if found with me shall be counted stolen. 34. And Laban said, Behold, would it might be according to thy word. 35. And he removed that day the he-goats that were streaked and spotted, and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white in it, and all the dark ones among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. So Laban kept the white ones. 36. And he, Laban, set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. 37. And Jacob took him rods of fresh poplar, and of the almond, and of the plane tree, and peeled white streaks in them, making the white appear which was in the rods. 38. And he set the rods which he had peeled over against the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink, and they conceived when they came to drink. So he's making it so that the speckled um, sheep will conceive when they see the streaked tree trunks or tree branches, because those kind of trees are really thin. Jacob took them, peeled white streaks in them, and then put them in the water trough. When the sheep came to drink water, the ones who were already speckled would be the ones who would mate, and then the white ones wouldn't mate. Now you might say this is just weird science, but apparently the sheep had some sort of psychological reaction to seeing the streaked colors, and it made them more likely to mate. I don't know if it signaled mating because it looked like them. I'm not really sure. But sheep do have psychological reactions to things because border collies, when they 
make that sound with their teeth, it causes sheep to run and be afraid. And when they see the teeth of the border collie, they also get afraid and they run wherever the border collie tells them to run. Sheep do react to things that they see and hear. So somehow Jacob knew that when sheep saw speckled colors, it would make the speckled sheep mate. 39. And the flocks conceived at the side of the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. 40. And Jacob separated the lambs. He also set the faces of the flocks toward the streaked and all the dark in the flock of Laban, and put his own droves apart, and put them not unto Laban's flock. Jacob is making it so that where the white sheeps don't mate and the speckled sheeps do. And also to create a situation where only the strongest and fattest of the speckled sheeps mate and the weak speckled sheeps don't mate don't mate but the weak white ones will mate a little bit but the strong white ones won't mate so he's making it so that he has more flock than laban based on color he's just using nature's methods against nature to get more of the sheep to be spotted and speckled. 41. And it came to pass whensoever the stronger of the flock did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the flock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. 42. But when the flock were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. I think he's playing a trick on the sheep. I think the sheep interpret it a different way than what what it actually is. Like he's showing the sheep colors and those colors are making the sheep mate a certain way. But I don't think the sheep understand that it's rods in the water. I think the sheep are interpreting it a totally different way. Such as when you take your coat off and you hold it above your head with your arms stretched high above your head, it will make animals think that you're taller when you're really not taller. Your arms are above your head, but the animal interprets it as you being taller. And I think that's what's happening with a sheep. They're interpreting that it's time to mate and it's time to mate spotted and speckled, even though all they're seeing is tree branches. 43. And the man increased exceedingly and had large flocks and maid servants and men servants and camels and asses. And because Jacob has all his sons to help him, And he has all the flock increasing. So because he's making more money from the flock, he can hire more servants. And his servants have children too. That's the thing about ancient households is when your servants have children, you have more servants. So his whole household is growing, but it's still under Laban's umbrella. And Laban still considers all of Jacob's household his own. And that's where we leave off on Genesis chapter 30.